Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Happy Independence Day. Of all the places that God could have put you, He put you in the United States of America. And I thank God for it. Now, not just today, but every day of the, every day of the year. And uh, I'm so thankful today that you joined us on this Independence Day. How many have already bought your fireworks? If you hadn't, I know a place. <laughs> We've been doing fireworks for the last 10 days. And if you want to know what doing fireworks does for you after 10 days, this is it. I mean, this is what you look like after you've done it for 10 days. But uh, just so excited. Pray you have a great time tonight with your family. Of course, we'll dismiss church tonight so you can spend the 4th of July with your family and your friends and uh, have a great time uh, to celebrate our nation's independence. You know, the talk about freedom, Caleb pretty much preached my sermon. I could probably just go home right now because everything he said in Sunday school and in, uh, just a minute ago kind of just was <clears throat> in the same vein. But I got to thinking, you know, I wanted to have something to tell, talk to you about, you know, something about freedom and and liberty and things of those that the, the, those topics that we hold so near and dear. So I tried to do some studying on freedom. And so here's some some quotes that I got as I studied about freedom. And you don't have to write these down because uh, I'll tell you here in just a minute what minute why it says about freedom. It says freedom is anything else than the right to live as we wish. Nothing else. That was by Epictetus. Franklin Roosevelt said, in the truest sense, freedom cannot be bestowed, it must be achieved. Anne Rand said that freedom is to ask nothing, to expect nothing, to depend on nothing. Peter Marshall said, may we think of freedom not as the right to do as we please, but as the opportunity to do what is right. And finally, Louis Brandeis said, those who want our independence valued liberty as an end and as, and as a means. They believed liberty to be the secret of happiness and courage to be the secret of liberty. That was Louis Brandeis. Now, after reading all those, I still don't have a clue what freedom is. So I decided to go to the Bible and find out what God has to say about what it means to be free, to be liberated, to truly, as we celebrate this day of freedom, what it really means. And and what I found out first and foremost is that freedom comes from God. He is the author of that particular vein, that particular liberation. And it's just, if you go to Luke chapter 4, we'll talk today about what it is. We'll find it in the New Testament, found it in the Old Testament. The words of Jesus spoke about it. And so before you leave today, I just want you to have an idea about what it really means. In Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 4, verse 16, Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Even Jesus went to church every single week. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me. And then he said, To proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim, here it comes, freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, and to set, here it comes again, the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down, and everybody was, the eyes of everybody in the synagogue were fasting on him, and he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. 
So Jesus is saying there's a freedom that you get nowhere, nowhere else except through me. Caleb spoke out very well. The freedom that you and I really truly are seeking after is not the freedom that's given us to by principalities or by political people or by governments. The freedom that you and I look for is the one that's given by God through Jesus Christ by faith in him and him alone. Freedom from sin comes along with that. Freedom from sickness, freedom from discouragement, from disease, from hopelessness, freedom from hell. All that comes through Jesus Christ. That's a great place to say amen. Now, so I see it, that freedom comes from God. Now, let's go way back to Genesis chapter 2, and let's find out that freedom is also in the Old Testament as well. Verse number 16 of Genesis chapter 2. Are you there? The Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. There it is again. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat it, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. So when I look here and I see this, I see that God gave everybody a freedom in the garden. Every man has been given a freedom, and that freedom is the power to choose. Choice is a freedom, isn't it? When you leave here, you can go eat, and you have the power to choose whether you eat KFC or Wendy's. You have the power to choose whether you'll eat at Guadalajara or you'll eat at Taco Bell. There's a power that, but the thing is, is, is true freedom is motivated by love, and God loved you and I so much, he gave us the power to choose. He could have all made us like robots, couldn't he? You know, that little monkey that bing, 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 bangs the symbols together. He could have made us like that, like a factory of human beings, but he gave us the ability to choose, and there was a very, matter of fact, it's motivated by love. How many would love it if you, some of you young people are not married, if your parents selected your spouse for you. How many would enjoy that? <laughs> no. There's a, there's a, there's a, when, when you have choice, there's a love that's motivated that by that. And God took a risk. Do you understand? God took a risk by giving humanity the power to choose because he knew some would choose him and some would not choose him. And some would receive the consequences of choosing him, and some would receive the consequences of not choosing him. But the reason he gave us that power in the garden was because he loved us so much. And he wanted us to love, love him. Freedom to choose, sometimes it's, it's, it's kind of a two-edged sword. Because there are consequences that are going around with choosing right and choosing wrong. I may have ever received a consequence for choosing wrong. I may have ever got a whipping. Three of y'all, okay. How many really would just say have ever gotten a whipping because you chose the wrong choice, made the wrong choice? How many got something good because you made the right choice? If you didn't get a whipping, what did you get? For some of us, it was just not getting whipping. That was the win, wasn't it? But God gave us the freedom to do that. He gave us the freedom to choose, and that's part about being the freedom in America is having the ability to choose. The ability to choose who you'll marry, the ability to choose what, what, what destiny you'll pursue, the ability to choose who you'll worship, and, and the ability to choose what, what God, what, what direction you'll go in. It's a freedom that's been given to us by the men and women in uniform. Freedom that's been, been given to us by people who've gone before us and prayed and asked God to do something great in this nation. And I thank God, thank God that I have the power to choose today. Not just in my faith, but in my nation as well. So let me ask you this question. Is it, is it 
Freedom to be able to do whatever you want to do. Is that true freedom to do whatever you want to do? Because here's the thing, I'm going to have to go back and undo some things because I tell my kids, you don't always get what to do what you want to do. And so I have to ask the question, is freedom doing whatever you want to do? Was I right in telling him that? Because the thing is about freedom of choice, it has a consequence. See, there's a consequence of making choices in the world today. For those who have chosen to take, to take a child's life called abortion, I would never throw stones at anybody who's done something like that. But I think it's safe to say there's a consequence to making that particular choice. The story is maybe told over and over, especially Leanne since she works in a, in a pregnancy center, of the consequences that young mothers have faced by taking the life of their child and, and years after the shame and the guilt and, and the heartache that's gone along with that. And they'll tell you, they'll tell you there, it was a freedom to choose, but that freedom came with a cost. Let me tell you this. If you are one of those unsung, one of those maybe unknown, maybe at some point in life have terminated a child, I want to tell you that there's a freedom that you can find again. And that freedom is found in the person of Jesus Christ. He has the unique ability to cleanse and to wash away and to strengthen and to build back up that which was been, has been lost. So it doesn't matter what, matter of fact, for any of us, the, the choices we've made in the past, God can forgive us and cleanse us, give us a purpose and a, and a, and a place in life, even in the midst of some choices that we had that had bad consequences. So then I began to do some more study, and I began to go back and see the choices that we've been given in this nation. And one of them is called the Bill of Rights. It gives me and you the freedom to choose what we want to and what we don't want to say, do. One of, the, of course, the Bill of Rights is the freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom to assemble. And so I had to ask the question, as an American and with the freedom of speech, does that give me the right to say whatever I want to? Well... There's lots of things that are said in this country that probably don't need to be said. But there's still a freedom to do that. But there's also a consequence to those things that are spoken. Now, Abraham Lincoln said it like this. It's better to be silent, let others think you're a fool, than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. And I think it's safe to say that this, this thing that we've been given of choosing of liberty, the right to speak and the right to assemble, the right to say things, it does come with a, a price and a cost. And I think it's important to, 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 to say those things and also say those things with responsibility attached to it as well. What about the New Testament? Is there freedom in the New Testament? It's good news. Galatians chapter 5 says it like this. He says, there's a freedom that's found only in Christ. He says, stand forth therefore in the liberty where Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He said, I, Paul, tell you that if you're circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that's circumcised, he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whoever you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Jesus said that when I died on the cross, I came to set you free. Listen, being free is a whole lot better than being in bondage. Anybody been in bondage, and then God sets you free. 
Come on, anybody out there, you've been in bondage. You've been addicted to different types of things. You've been addicted to relationships. You've been addicted to, to alcohol or drugs. You've been addicted to, to uh, doubt and unbelief. You've been addicted to a whole lot of things. But all of a sudden, Jesus Christ stepped in, and he gave you some freedom over those bondages. Isn't it, it nice to be free? Anybody ever been to prison? You don't have to answer that question. Yes, I see that hand. Yes. But do you know something? It's a whole lot better to be out of prison than in prison. And spiritually speaking, in this life, the one thing that Jesus did when he died on the cross is he came to set me and you free from the vices and habits that hold us back. That's good news to me. You say, well, why do you get so excited about it? Because I know all too well what it means to be incarcerated by your own self. You know what my biggest problem is? You know what my biggest problem is? It's not Miss Leanne. She's not here today, and so you can tell her she's not my biggest problem. It's not even my mother. My mother's not my biggest problem. In the culture we live in, your mama's, that's the reason everybody's crazy, is because your mother made you crazy. It's not my dad that's my biggest problem. It's not Biden. It's not Trump. It's not the banker. It's not the doctor. My biggest problem that I have found after living for 50 years <sighs> is me. It's me. On the, it's that stuff on the inside of me. It's that jealousy that creeps up at times. It's that, it's that anger that creeps up at times. It's that, it's that rage that creeps up at times. Can I tell you, it's that desire within me that times sometimes creeps up, and then I, can't, I don't know how to overcome it. The problems that I've faced in this life have not been the choices that you have made, but they've been the choices I have made. And what I've found is that there's only one thing, and I've looked high and low, that can set me free from me. And the one thing that can set me free from me is the power that Jesus Christ did when he shed and died upon the cross. And just by simply faith believing that, all of a sudden I begin to see after 30 years of serving God, I begin to watch over and over as God makes me free and more free and more liberated from me. And that's some good news. Paul said it in Galatians. He said, stand fast. He said, hold on to it. See, friends, you've got to fight for freedom in Christ. The devil will try to talk you out of it. He'll try to give you all kinds of different things to do and to say and to try. But my friend, the freedom that you and I have is found only in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Stand fast. Don't let it go. Don't let somebody talk you out of it. Don't let some psycho psychologist or some, some kind of motivator tell you that there are other things that you can do. Just get money. Then you'll be free. Just get you a new wife. Then you'll be free. Just get you some new friends, get you a new job, get you something different. You just need to go travel, do things, jump out of airplanes, bungee jump, do all kinds of different things. Then you'll be free, my friend. Freedom is only found one place in this life, and that's found in Jesus Christ. And that's good news for me and you as believers of Jesus. As I look here and I think of all the different things, that we, you and I have been, been given as, as, as citizens of the United States. I can't help but think that there are more things that have been given to us because we're citizens of heaven. Because we're citizens of heaven. I know this, that <clears throat> I have family just like many of you, and thank you for those of you who have served in the armed forces. I feel like every time we have a a uh, Fourth of July Memorial Day, I just I like to honor those who have served because there's something powerful 
about serving other people that they can be free. So if you would just ask you this, if you'll just stand up, if you served in any of the armed forces, Coast Guard, Army, Air Force, Marines, Navy, would you just stand and let people thank you for your service? Thank you. Thank you. I say that just this, I'm working a fireworks tent for the last 11 days, 12 hours, 35 minutes, 12 seconds. And the people that come through, we give them a discount. And I've noticed something about military people. They ask for a military discount. And I heard one lady, she said, look, we wear this thing out because everywhere we go, we ask for a military discount. And let me tell you something, it's well-earned and well-deserved. So it's funny, you know, when you talk to maybe 20, 25 different people and you say thank you for their service, everybody responds, the military men and women respond differently. One one guy, you know, they some of them look you in the eye and say thank you. One guy said, hey, look, no problem. Another guy told me, he said, no worries, no worries, thank you. But I still think it's important. And maybe this is old-fashioned or outdated. Maybe this is not popular in the culture we live. But I think it's important to give honor where honor is due. And let me just encourage you today and maybe every day forward, if you ever come across somebody who serves in the military, even if you have to go out of your way, stop, walk up to them, shake them hand, shake their hand and say, thank you for serving so I can be free. Is that okay? I think it's okay to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I think it's okay to stand when you sing the national anthem. I think it's okay to appreciate people who serve in public office, even though we may disagree with them because so that they can so that we can be free. I appreciate people who do things in this in the in life, whether they're mayors or policemen or firemen, people that serve and, and sacrifice themselves. And I think today is more than just about talking about how free we are, but I think it's honoring the people in this country who allow us to be free. Now, let me say this as we're just wrapping up today. I just did, I wanted to spend this time with you today taking a communion meal. I think, think of a better way to celebrate this time than gathering with God's people around a table and celebrating Jesus. There's freedom in the Old Testament. There's freedom in the New Testament. There's also freedom in the nation we live in. And so my last question today is what did Jesus have to say about freedom? Do you love Jesus today? Have you ever met anybody like him? Do you know anybody that acted like him? Do you know anybody that talked like him? Do you know anybody that ever responded like Jesus responded? Because lots of times if people would have said to me the things that they said to Jesus, I probably wouldn't have responded like he did. But I've never met anybody like him. And so my question is, we're going to quote anybody about a particular topic. That's a great place to start. So my question is, what did Jesus have to say about freedom? And in, in John chapter 8, there's a story there. And you're welcome to turn there, and I'm going to tell you the story. Because Jesus ends up in verse 36, says these words, that the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And so the story goes like this. Jesus is te- teaching in the temple, John, the first part of John chapter 8. And then they bring to him the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And he has to take care of that little uh, circumstance there. And then the Bible says that the Jews that heard him believed in him. And then after that, Jesus begins to teach them again. 
And as he's teaching them again, those same Jews get mad at him. And by the end of this little, his, their little time together, they're saying he's mad and has a devil. So they believed in him, and then they were mad at him. So the question is, what happened in between there? And it's really interesting because Jesus said these particular words. He asked them, they believed in him, and then he asked them to follow him. And there's a difference between believing in Jesus and following Jesus. Amen? There's a difference. Lots of people believe in Jesus, but it's really the, the, the rubber meets the road is when we begin to follow him. And that's when they begin to get upset. And finally, Jesus began to say this. He said these words, if you shall, the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And it was hard for these people to accept and to understand, to follow Jesus, to believe Jesus meant to follow him. Freedom is victory. And they began to say, look, we're not, we're not bound by anybody. They said, nobody owns us, nobody over us, we're free people. And then Jesus says in verse 36, if the Son will make you free, you will be free indeed. So what am I saying? I'm saying that the true freedom that we face isn't found in just a commitment of being a follower of Jesus. That's it. You say, well, I do that. Then my friend, you're free. You're free. You say, well, I, sometimes I struggle, but then you can struggle and still be free, right? You, you, you can still struggle and be free, but the good news is that he that Jesus has set free is free indeed. And it doesn't matter who's in, in, who's in Washington. It doesn't matter if, if people that are in prison today. You can be free no matter who you are. And I just want to ask you the question as I tell this last story. It's a prison in Louisiana called Angola Prison. It's one of the worst prisons in America. 6,000 men, <clears throat> men were at that particular prison. And 80% of them were there, there for, for, for indefinitely. In other words, they didn't have a chance of parole. And when you walked in there, it was, there was blood everywhere. They would say there was blood on the wall, blood on the ceilings, blood in the, in, in the bathrooms because there was such a, a spirit of, 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 of murder there, hatred. And there was a warden that came in. He said, I'm going to change the culture here. He began to allow the Bible to, be back, to come back into. There was chapel. He started chapel services again. He allowed ministers from the community to come in. He started a, a, a prisoner's seminary college there. Literally within a year, within a year to two years' time, that there was the culture that hold that, that angle of prison had literally changed. <clears throat> and a minister went one day and sat down and preached in the chapel. As he sat in the chapel, he said he before the service he sat with the man who was there for life. And he asked him the question. Asked him what he did to get there. He said, Well, and he he said, if I told you, he said, you, you would be shocked. He said, but I want you to know something. Even though I'm in here for life, I'm not in prison because this man named Jesus has set me free. And when I, thought, when I heard that story and I thought of that story, and I thought it's the truth, that Jesus Christ really does change a person on the inside. He changes them on the inside that that way that person what used to be bound, used to be chained, is now free. No matter what the circumstances around him may look like, he's still a free man.
And I think today if there's any place we could find freedom or define what freedom means or look to how, what freedom might, how, how to unpack it, we can all look at it. It's all found in the relationship that you and I have with Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.